got a great message, a lot of scripture, and um, this is our last preach. Last uh, Sunday morning was a great preach. You need to get it. Say hello to our say hello to our Airfoss friends. Yeah. Say hello to our Airfoss friends. Say hello hello to our podcast friends. Podcast, yeah, yeah. Come on, really give it up for them. Yeah, come on. This message is called "The Church Has Left the Building." The church has left the building, and the connotation. I want to give you some parameters so you know where I'm going. Light and darkness. And so this is capping off the end of the year. And of course, we know great light has come. The wise men saw it. The shepherds saw it. And we saw it. My unsaved sister saw a light. And man, I had her. She was staying a couple of days at my place. And we were sitting in our lounge room. And we were new Christians then. But we had some friends over. We wanted to pray. And we held hands in a circle. And my sister, unsaved sister, was staying with us. And I said, why don't you just join us anyhow, sis? You know, what do you got to lose? She said, yeah, well, sure. And we were sitting down, actually, holding hands, sitting down uh, in our lounge room. And we began to pray. And then after about two minutes, because the prayer was quite fervent, it was quite strong. And uh, all of a sudden, I felt my sister's hand leave. I had my eyes closed. Everyone did. And I felt my sister's hand leave my hand. I went, oh, well, she, she's a bit of a Martha. She likes to keep herself busy and cooking and cleaning up and stuff. I think, oh, she's just getting up. She's tired of this. She's going to get up and just do something, you know. Oh, well. And uh, so before I knew it, I realized that my sister had fallen out under the power of God. And now she was laying backwards and she was a little bit dazed and... And I quickly assumed the responsible brother love. And I said, man, you all right? She said, no. And everyone sort of stopped. And we said to her, you all right? What's the matter? Because she was precariously bent over, you know. I said, you all right? She said, no, man, I couldn't hold on for the life of me. I was trying to hold on to you guys, but I couldn't hold on. This white light started to swirl around me. White light, white light. And then... I couldn't hang on and I had to let go and I fell out and we all just chuckled to each other. All right. So that's God, sis. That's God. God came and he's blessed you and that's fantastic. And uh, you'll hear that testimony in a lot of people. They see a white light. I saw a white light once driving down the F3 going down to visit a terminally ill 18-year-old teenager who was dying from cancer, tumor. And uh, I was not a minister then uh, and I was really under the pump to virtually to get boldness to walk into St. Vincent's and say, we're here to pray. This was our neighbors at the time, uh, solicitor's son. And, you know, we'd not have this, we didn't have this relationship where we could just turn up. But I felt God had told me this one night as I was doing night shift in Mount Penang, you're the one to do it. You're the, because I was trying to ring everyone up to go down and do the stuff, help my friend, and everyone's pointing back at me and saying, no, you're the one. You go. You go. You, you know, there's enough God in you. You go. So well, I got home from work about 6 o'clock in the morning and, and I gathered Julie up and said, I've got to know what it is, but I've got to go down there. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I just feel to pray and go down, try and lay hands on him. So we drove down. And as I'm driving down the F3 uh, in the most precarious uh, down to that Hawkesbury Bridge, you know how precarious that is, uh, this white light started to surround the car. And um, you both saw it. 
Right. And, and, and it started to... And I just saw it momentary, but I was in the glory. I was in the anointing. I don't know what was happening. But God was consolidating my fear uh, from fear to faith. Amen. And, and I just just felt bang. And we walked into the into the hospital and... Um, and, uh, and, and the receptionist said straight up, sorry, no visitors. And as soon as she said that, around the corner, down the corridor, turned out of the ward, out of the room, the father of the, of the boy, the 18-year-old boy. He turned around and he saw me and he marched up. He said, no, these people are with us. And he started to walk us down. We didn't even say anything. And he started to say things like, we've tried everything, we've bought everything, we've tried everything, and nothing's working, what, what are you thinking? I'm saying, well, God, you know, we're going to pray for him, that's all we can do. And out of that, he couldn't speak now, he's in a terrible position, and um, he's lost all his hair, just in a matter of a couple of weeks, he just went really downhill, and uh, he couldn't talk, and so we, first things first, we led him through the sinner's prayer, and, uh, and they both, mum and dad, either side of the bed, they wept their way through the sinner's prayer and just give me a nod, young man, if that's, that's for you, yes, nod, and the folks, yes, that's us. So the three of them are going to meet up with each other one day, but we prayed for him and, and uh, that, was, that was the light, that's some light testimony in my life. I'll give you some scripture of the light. I did say that this sermon was called, or this message, it's called The Church Has Left the Building. Is all right if I take this off? Let's start off with, I love this scripture, John 12, 46. Yeah. Let's have a look at this. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. And I like this, Luke 2, 32. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. That, that's us. And for glory to your people, Israel. One current prophet says this, great guy, Graham Cook, he says this, the world has a story and a journey defined by the flesh and the devil. Jesus broke into the story from heaven and made it his own. He empowered a company of people to keep the story going while he directed strategy and resources from heaven. It's a story that leads to a journey of astonishing love, amazing mercy, outstanding grace it's a story full of remarkable goodness goodness and powerful loving kindness matched with miraculous acts of compassion and signs and wonders of heaven god has not changed and the good news is exactly the same it's the news that makes people marvel it provides amazement and astonishment it's the good news of an unchanging church following in the footsteps of an ever-present God. My message is about this, light and darkness, but my message is about this next year, the vision for next year. I'm going to go through this a bit line by line. I'm not going to be long, but I need to do this so that people can hear it back and I want you to get something in your spirit. I've got a lot of scriptures. Can you bear with me? Get your pens out, get your pads out. Here we go. Um, Isaiah 58 verse 10, feed the hungry and help those. So just remember light and darkness. So every scripture I read, think light and darkness. All right. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness. Are we, we going to connect with the Ali Thompson uh, initiative of reaching out to the homeless in Sydney? 
and, and Gosford, but taking teams down next year to feed the, 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 the lonely, the starving, the hungry. Okay, we're, we're going to do that. Okay, all right. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as the noon. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Guys, you've just got to put these up when I say them. Multimedia team. Genesis 1.1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I believe the, the Holy Spirit is hovering over the church right now. Verse uh, 3, and God said, let there be light. You know what I mean? I believe God's saying this to the church. Let there be light. Shine, Jesus. Shine through us. Shine. Begin to shine. It's time to shine so that the world can see. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. I believe this, there is coming a distinction between light and darkness. That's one major statement right there. I believe next year there's coming more of a distinction between light and darkness. Isaiah 60 verse 1, arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory, it's come 2,000 years ago, the light came. Hello, the, angel, the, the angels had a glorious light. The shepherds saw the glorious light around the angels. But then the wise men saw the light. He is the light. Isaiah 60 verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you. Guys, the Lord's arising over you. He's on you right now. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. There's a lot of revelation, a lot of teaching about this glory now. God's starting to reveal it's in the glory where the miracles are. God just doesn't hand out miracles willy-nilly. It's where the glory is. It's where people are subscribed to God, passionate for God, pressing up a God, worshipping God, loving God, giving themselves over to God. And miracles are breaking out in places all over the world, including not just the third world, but the Western world. Miracles are breaking out in people's lives because they're in the glory. And they listen, when you're in the glory, when you're praying and in the glory, pray for me, would you? Because they're saying it's in the glory where your miracle is being done. It's where your prayers are being answered. It's in the glory. So if you get yourself in the glory for this season, uh, in this season of, of kicking back in God on your holy day, holiday, please pray for me. I want those prayers. They're great. Amen. Is that good? Yeah, Julie too. She'll have some. Put your hand up if you want to pray from the glory. Amen. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Isaiah 60 verse 3. Verse 4. Lift up your eyes and, and, and look about you. Have a look, guys. Look around. Have a look. Look up mainly. Bible says in Colossians 3 2. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Not on earthly. Set your mind. Set your mind on things above. Colossians 3 verse 2. Lift your eyes up and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on. The, we're going to see people coming into the church. We're going to see people coming into the kingdom like never before. Isaiah 60 verse 5. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb 
and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. Someone wants that. Put up your hand if you want that. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. Well, C3 Tugra wants it. I don't know about you, but we need to be immensely blessed to do what God has given us as a vision. We need to be radically blessed. I've seen someone walk into this church with a million-dollar check. A million-dollar check. If it doesn't come like that, a donkey will come in, like Julie preached last Sunday night. A donkey will come with saddlebags laden with gold and silver. I don't know. Stocks and bonds. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. But it's coming in. Amen. Let's give it up for the Lord. Come on. Some people are over being poverty-stricken. You need to be blessed in 11. You don't need to be at the same level in O level. You need to go. You need to use the spiritual principles of the Bible and see yourself go into the promised land, go into another level of blessing in Jesus' name and rebuke that devourer, rebuke that one who contains you, contains you and be released, radically blessed, radically blessed in every area of your life In Jesus' name. Let's give it up for the Lord right there. But if you back it up in chapter 59, and man, you got to listen to this back because I haven't got time to expand on it, but in chapter 59, Isaiah 59, we've got this picture of a nation utterly depraved by by its sin, moves now into a glorious climax into the grace of God. This is in 59. I'm going to read it in a moment. Verse 19, I'm going to read verse 19, means that God's acts of judgment will cause people all over the world to revere him. While the second part of this verse uh, presents a further statement of the overflowing wrath of God against his foes, against the enemy's plans. As he comes in judgment to the world, the Lord will come in quite a different character to Zion but only when she repents. And of course, the New Testament shows that God has given two covenant gifts to the church. One, the Word made flesh in Christ, and two, the Holy Spirit. These two gifts were pledged to the church, the Word and the Spirit. I'm getting somewhere with this now. Let's give some credence to what I just said. Isaiah 59, verse 19. The Scripture's coming up, guys. Verse 19. Well done, multimedia. Give it up for those guys. Young sons, young multimedia, multimedia. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. You know, like in the army, Dave, help me, the potato peelers, are they, do they march, you know, even the potato peelers in, in army? Eh? Don't have them anymore, but there's menial tasks. All right, menial, I'm thinking old school. Menial tasks, they still get to march in the army, don't they? It doesn't matter what you do, man. So everyone should be marching, man. Multimedia team. Let's give it up for them again, you know. Come on. They deserve some praise. Not just all these fancy pants leaders and, you know, gifted musicians like Lisa. All these great chords. Father God. (laughs) Did I sound like a pigeon there? Isaiah 59 verse 19. (laughs) From the West, men will fear the name of the Lord. I just feel it next year. People are going to start to understand the fear of the Lord. Now, fear means great reverence, great honor of God, not just trembling and, you know. From the rising of the sun, they will revere his glory, for he will come like a pent-up flood. I'm I'm just seeing God like this, man. He's getting over some of the stuff that we're doing on on this planet. He's getting a little bit over it. He's rolling. He said, man, 
And, and the Bible says here, like a pent-up flood, he's going to sort some stuff out through judgment, I don't know, that the breath of the Lord drives along. 59 verse 20, the Redeemer will come to Zion. To those in Jacob, Jacob church, when you see Jacob church, it, to those in Jacob, to those in church who repent from their sin, declares the Lord. Here it is, Isaiah Isaiah 59, 21, as for me, this is my covenant. This is God saying this, as for me, this is my covenant to you, to you, the church, to my people, to them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you and my words that I have have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouths of your children. When I read that, Garth, I thought about SG. The, the words that have been in our mouth in our generation are going to be in your generation, but they're going to be in the youth's generation too. And they're not going to depart. These words that have been released by God, they're going to come to pass again through another whole generation. Who believes that? Depart, they will not depart from your mouth or from the mouths of your children or from the mouths of the descendants from this time on and forever, says the Lord. I love it. Galatians 7 Four, seven, ah, seven, ooh, hang on, four to seven, is it? Galatians 4, 4 to 7. I hope that's right, guys. But when the time has fully come, God sent his son, born of woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons, because you are sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Who's received the Holy Spirit into their heart? Put up your hand if you've received the Holy Spirit into your heart. Yeah, yeah. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. But since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Do you love that? The spirit on you, the promise. Isaiah 61 verse 1 says it so clearly. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a commandment. I'm giving you a declaration this morning to say for next year, the Spirit of the Lord is upon each and every one of you to declare good news. Do you know what I'm saying? To preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to, oh man, I was watching a young guy just amble. There was something wrong with him. I know he's probably scorched his brain with drugs. He had long hair. He was, his clothing was sort of drab. And, but he was just amble. I've seen the guy before. And you know how God points people out to you. You just see them, you know. You could even just see them through a crack in the landscape of life. You just sit, glance at yeah, saw that person. What are you saying, Lord, that you have me notice him? I just saw this guy ambling up the road into Wyong, past the post office. I just no, and, I, and the Lord gave me a word, no purpose. No purpose. He's just bumbling along, just bumbling along. And, and it's just no purpose to his life. And that's the saddest thing. They're the people we need to preach to. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to intervene into, into that poor young man's life and to speak the good news that he's born for a reason, for a season, that he has hope, that he has purpose, that he is born to do something significant, not hang his head down and just amble through life. I'm, I'm nothing. I'm no one going nowhere fast. No. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness. There's that word darkness for the prisoners. The Holy Spirit is upon the church. It's upon you and I to preach the good news. 
That is the light to come. Matthew 5.14. I'm nearly there, guys. You are the light of the world. What did I say? You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. 15. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jules, I think next year we need to shine Jesus shine more so next year. Come on, guys. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. John 1.3, Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made. That, that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. John 1.6, there came a man who was sent from God. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. His name was Luke. His name was Jason. His name was Neil. His name was Luke. His name was Ty. His name was David. His name was Mark. Every single one of you are called just like this. His name was Julie. His name was Candace. His name was Jessica. His name was, or her name was Candace. There came a man who was sent from God. Their name was. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light. What are you here for? I'm testifying about the light. You know what I mean? That's each one of our jobs right there. So that through him, all men might believe, including the guy walking past the post office of who's drab and he's got no purpose. And, oh, come on. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world and has come. Amen. John 3.20, everyone who does evil hates the light. And so God's, you know, help me. The difference between believers and unbelievers does not lie in the guilt or the innocence of either. It lies in the difference, the attitude they take toward the light. Unbelievers shrink from the light because it exposes their sin. Believers willingly walk into the light. Believers walk, willingly lift their hands to the light, walk into the light. Amen? Where unbelievers, they shrink from the light. Not a good day to be found in the shadows. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come. This is John 3.20. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that when he has, what he has done has been done through God. 1 John 1, 1.8. Here we go. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 8, John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 12, 36. These guys keeping up to me on multi minute? Yeah, they are? Good on them. Give them another hand. God says, and he's very, in a very urgent tone because he's about to leave, and he says this word in John 12, 36. Put your trust in the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light or daughters of light. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Put your trust implies a persistent faith, not a one-off decision. Not just coming down here and saying, I give my life to Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth. Yeah, no, that's great. That's a good start that begins the journey. But who knows the journey is about moving, going forward, moving one leg after another or rowing or I don't know how you do it, whatever, you know. But it's moving along, going forward. The Christian life it has momentum and it's every second, every day, every moment saying, I'm pursuing you, God. I have faith in you, God. I'm leaning into you, God. I'm trusting in you, God. I've got my wings out, Lord. I've, I'm living for you. I'm walking in you. I'm living by the Spirit, not by sight. I'm living by the Spirit in faith. The Christian life is like that. I have to make that decision every 30 seconds, every minute. Do I go this way? Do I go that way? No, I'm walking in the light. Do I go this way? Do I go that way? No, I'm walking in the light. Do I go to the dance floor? Not to the dance floor. I go to the dance floor. I'm in the light. <laughs> I was nearly out of that party. Julie said, let's go. We've had this. We've done this. It's been great. It's awesome. Let's go off on a high. Let's walk out hand in hand. We, and, and the music. And the, and, the, and the lights and those crystals. That's why they got them. They hypnotize you, you know, the crystals. And I said, Jules, just... Just one dance. Let's just have just one dance. Just one dance and one dance. I mean, we're, you know, 30 seconds, 30 minutes later, we're tearing it up, you know, dancing our life away. And you know what happened? The people that were older than us, Roz's mother and husband, they found their way on the dance floor and they began to dance the night away. Whereas all night they were just sitting and watching. They were the days. We used to dance like that. And you know what? I, I, I think something happened. I think, I think Bob must have said to Helen, let's cut the rug. Let's cut the rug. Let's come on. And all of a sudden, we got pushed aside. We got, we got Roz. We got Helen. We got Bob. Man, they're starting to put the grooves on us too. Then Leone came out. Imagine Leone. Came. Ah. Oh, yeah, this is all right. Yeah, I can do this. This is what I see for 2011. My spirit is upon the church and the people. I said that through scripture. Two, my words are in your mouth to speak prophetically. That's how the Bible was written. The word was put in the mouths of those apostles and they wrote the Bible. It's time to put the word in your mouth. Study it, learn it, read it, digest it. Three, Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 22. Isaiah foresees the final glory of God's people, uniting all humanity in knowing the true God. Who's got hopes like that for next year? Who's got hopes for still revival, still salvation, still, I have. It's the reason we meet. It's the reason we give. It's the reason we worship our God. To be on this planet, to reconcile a lost planet from darkness, from darkness to light. That's why we're here, guys. For in Isaiah 61 to 9, God will put his beauty upon his people, attracting the nations, fresh anointing, beauty for ashes. I see next year people coming alive in a healing deliverance. I don't know how it's going to happen. Verse 5, Isaiah 60, verse 1. This is what I see for 2011. Arise, shine for your people of power are going to arise. You people of power, arise and shine. The bright future of God's people calls for cheerful expectancy right now. By faith, your light has come. Isaiah 58 verse 8, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. 
Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Love that. It's good to, good to have the glory covered, man. I mean, I got the helmet. I got the sword. Hey, well, help me, Jesus. I got, I got the breastplate of righteousness. I got, I got the belt of truth. Gird my loins. Hang on. Gird my loins with, with, with truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Shoes of the gospel. Thank you, Katrina. Helmet of salvation. Need that. Sword of the Lord. Shield of faith. I was a little bit worried back there. I was a little bit worried. But hang on, guys. Good news. Good news. Here it is. Here it is. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Let's give it up for the Lord right there. Amen. Isaiah 58 verse 9. Then you will call. I see people calling out to God like never before. Even husbands. Husbands that just even only just came to church and just went, oh, well, yeah, I'll come. Yeah, I don't mind those people. They're, yeah, they're okay. Let's not get too excited about this. You know, you know. I see even men starting to go, elbowing their girlfriend or check in. What's, what's the matter with you? Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. Imagine, imagine God saying that to a man. Here I am. Six. This is what I see for 2011. The false glories of mankind will finally fade away into the nothingness. They really are. False glories. I saw a funny clip. P. Diddy, Daddy, whatever his name is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to know his real name. I like that. P. Diddy, Daddy, whatever. He's got a new record launch. He, he rents this, you know, $10,000 a night penthouse. He goes up there, half-clad ladies. One of them's in the pool. He sits on the edge of the pool. He's been interviewed and he's waxing lyrical about his latest uh, release. And the, the lady who had this hair, and beautiful lady, beautiful, beautiful big hair, must have sprayed too much product in her hair. She leaned back on the candles that were surrounding this huge big hot tub, beautiful big hot tub, Jules, beautiful, and all these candles, and, and everyone's looking at Mr. P. Daddy Diddy, whatever, and, and, and listening to him aghast, uh, in, in, in awe of his, the majest, majest, majestic nature of his speech and, and who he is. And, and, and they're kicking back and everyone's looking. And, and all of a sudden, the girl put her hair back on one of the candles and her hair went up like this. And they're videoing P. Diddy Daddy. And the girl behind's going, Oh! You can... She takes a, takes a dive into the pool. But you know what? The false glories of mankind will finally fade away into the nothingness they really are. Sorry, guys, I'm just teasing. Isaiah 40, verse 5, And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Seven, this is seven things, seven things now. God will make a clear public distinction between those who are in, in Him or those who are not in Him. Exodus 8, 22, I'm nearly done, but on that day I will deal differently with the land of Kosham where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. The meaning in your proximity, around your life, surround you, surround you. I will make, 23, I will make a distinction between my people and your people. There's becoming a distinction between the people of light and the people of darkness. The miraculous sign will occur tomorrow. Revelations 21, 
verse 9 to 11. Come, I'll show you the bride, the church, the wife of the Lamb. 10, and he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem coming down of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of very precious jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. Revelations 21 verse 7, he who overcomes, conquers, will inherit all this. I'm not fully understanding of the full inheritance of all that we have in God, but I know this next year I want to bring in some people that are going to help us understand some of the the end times drama of Israel and um, the unfolding plans of God. And we've got some surprises around Easter time with uh, Jews for Jesus, I think we've got coming in and explaining some of the stuff about Israel. Are you up for that? You're ready? Because I think it's time we've we got to start to drop into the equation what Israel means. Why does Iran want to blow the place off the face of the map? Why does Satan hate Jerusalem? Why, do, why does there a big contention there between the Muslims? And, and why, why, why? And why does this city, this new city, drop out of the sky into Jerusalem? I don't know what entirely that's about, a new heaven, a new earth. I'm not sure. I'm going to say it straight up. But I know this. It's an incredible incredible, amazing promises of God that we need to probably drop into the equation of this church. I'll say it again. Revelations 21 verse 7. He who overcomes, that means conquer. That, that means you people that are going to overcome stuff, overcome idols, overcome, um, you know, just complacency and compromise, overcome uh, uh, divided hearts, overcome idols of this world, overcome materialism, overcome and, and begin to really rule and reign in life. You people, I will be his God. God says, I will be your God and he will be my son. But the ones who practice unbelief Witchcraft, and this is a paraphrase of the continuation of that scripture, witchcraft, unfaithfulness will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, guys, let's all stand right now. God bless you. Thank you for that. Father, we stand in, your, we stand in the spirit. We stand in your presence. We stand in the love of God. That was a bit strong, but it's vision for the, it's vision for the new year. And you've got to be strong. You've got you to grab the future by... You know, and, and you've got to really believe that God's causing a distinction. There is darkness, there's light. And we're going for the light. The light is being revealed. Jesus said with urgency, while it's light, work. Work out your salvation. Work out where you're going in life. While it's light, while the glory, while the church is here, while the Holy Spirit's moving. While it's here, right now, Father C3 Tugra want to be a church alive to you, awakened to you. Lord, we are a people, Lord, with vision. Without vision, we perish. But we believe next year, Lord, your glory, your glory is coming. Lord, your glory is pushing back darkness. Your glory is pushing back the hordes of hell. Your, your glory is healing people. Your glory is transforming healing, delivering, and blessing people as we speak. Your glory is providing supernatural provision, Lord God, to the house and to the people therein. Let's lift our hands right now in Jesus' name. Father, I want to walk in your light. You said that you would forgive me of all sin, that I might walk out of darkness. Lord, forgive me right now. Let this be your prayer right now. Lord, I walk out of all darkness. I walk out of all the shadows. I walk out of all the compromise. 
I walk out of all the gray areas of my life. And I choose from this morning, from this day, from this place, to walk into your glorious light. I walk into your light to reflect your light, to reveal your glory. So right now, Lord God, I choose to walk into the light of the glory of God. And the saints say, and the saints say, I'm so pumped up for next year. The word is in the mouth of the SG Youth Group. The word is in the mouth of the people in this house to witness, to bear witness, to pray, to declare, to decree, to intercede, to pray, to preach, to do business, to be a witness. Lord, the word is shut up in our mouth. Let the word be released right now from the hearts of people. From the heart of this church, let the word of God be released. You said, Lord God, the, the Holy Spirit.